0: Honey, how does this little place strike you?
1: Oh, it's so cute, and the ambiance is just so romantic.
0: Well, compared to the ambiance emitting from your very being, the ambiance of this place reminds me more of a dumpster.
1: Oh, that's
0: so sweet. It's only my soul's natural reaction to your beauty. By the way,
1: have I told you that I love you today? At least 49 times.
0: well, let's make that an even 50. I love you.
1: Right back at you, Prince
2: Charming. Excuse me, but would you two like to sit down? Well,
0: how can I sit down when I'm standing on the clouds? Oh,
2: Bernie! Oh, Amanda! Oh. <laughs> oh, do you want to do Romeo and Juliet yeah. standing? or like, I could do my job better if I mean, I'm, you sit down. If you insist, we will sit. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I suppose we will sit. Thank you. Now, we've made some serious progress, but we still have a lot to accomplish before this meal's over. So if we could maybe just take a minute to take our eyes off each other and look at the menu. <laughs> Although I do understand that looking at this fur creature when you could be looking at a menu is like looking at a mud is like looking at a mud puddle when you could be staring into a sunset. I do get that.
1: That's pretty good.
2: Yeah, uh, thank you. Could I maybe use that sometime? <laughs> no.
1: I don't. You must be a romantic.
2: Nope, I'm Ron Reality, and I'll be your waiter here at the Home Life Cafe.
1: Oh, very interesting. Well, hey, honey. Yeah, what's up? Um, oh, I guess we've been a little rude to you. I'm so sorry. See, we've no only problem. been... Uh, We've only been married seven weeks, and it feels like we're still on our honeymoon.
2: <laughs> Every
0: day is a honeymoon with you, Muffin.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, we don't do muffins at lunch, uh, but if you come for breakfast, you can have all the muffins you want. Do you need a minute or maybe a few hours to look at the menu? We do We do close to seven, so um, not that it apparently matters when you've only been married seven weeks, but... Since no one's listening to me anyway, I guess I'll go gargle your ice water.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much.
2: And I'll be
0: right back. Yeah. Did you you say something? I thought I heard something.
1: I think he was... I think he might have been speaking. I don't know. (laughs) Ooh. Hey, honey. Yeah, what's up? These prices are a little pricey just for lunch, don't you think?
0: Are you kidding? We can afford it. After all, I did marry you, so I consider myself the richest man alive.
1: Get whatever you want. Get one, get two, get three. Yeah, but how are we going to pay for it?
0: Well, you know, I've got it covered. Well, I guess my visa's got it covered.
1: Oh, so you're just going to charge it?
0: I mean, nothing could possibly be too expensive for our happiness, right?
1: Oh, Put it that way.
0: All right. Are we ready to order? (laughs) Oh, yes, sir, Ron, my man. Awesome. We want the most delicious, the most expensive, the most amazing mouth-watering specialty of the house that you've
2: got. Wow. Cost isn't an issue. It's not. Mm -mm. (laughs) Well, you two are very fortunate to be so well off, only been married for a few weeks. See, when me and my wife first got married, we had to live on ramen noodles for the first year.
1: Oh, wasn't that uncomfortable? Excuse me? Living on ramen noodles? Didn't that hurt your feet?
2: Oh, bless your heart. No, we didn't live on ramen noodles. We just ate them to cut costs.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still so sad.
2: <laughs> no, actually, those are some of our best memories. We reminisce about those days all the time. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds depressing if you ask me. <laughs> well, you know, Bernard, sometimes the hardest times are the best times because they bring you together in a way that comfort and convenience can't. Wouldn't trade those days for anything. Really? Really. Now, as to the wow. expensive dishes at the Home Life Cafe, we basically just sell sandwiches and soups. So, if you want our finest sandwich, then I would suggest substituting a croissant for our regular bread. It's 56, that's extra. Then top that off with a latte and with two shots of espresso. Now, that's really living it up. So, what can I get you to?
1: Well, you know, Ron, if what you're saying is true, then I guess we shouldn't be so Prone to splurge, should we? Well, apparently
2: you two can afford it. Me and my wife couldn't. I, I was going to college during the day and working in the evenings, and she was working as well. We barely had enough to live on, thus the ramen noodles, of course. Uh,
0: there's your problem, Ronald. You see, mm-hmm. I decided no, I to skip college education altogether, and I jumped straight into the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Well, where
2: do you work? Oh, Tell him.
0: I... I'm a cart controller at Walmart. Mm -hmm. See, I control that little machine that moves all the carts around in the parking lot, you know? Yeah. It's a technical nightmare, but you see, I enjoy a good challenge.
1: I'm so proud of him.
2: Okay, okay, uh, what do you do?
1: Oh, I dunk donuts.
2: Excuse me.
1: I work part time at Duncan. So
2: proud of her. So you're a car controller at Walmart, that's and right. you're a part-time donut dunker, mm-hmm. and there's no other source of income? Mm-mm. No. You don't have some big inheritance sitting in the bank, uh-huh. or a deal in the black market, or, or uh, Bitcoin, or anything like that? No, I did try. I did try. You look like one who would. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that, that's it.
2: Okay, well, then I suggest that you two get the special. okay. We'll take two specials and two coats. How about you split the special and I bring a dish of limes for water on the house?
1: I have a feeling we're going to thank him for that someday.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's not going to be today.
1: (laughs) Honey, we have to be realistic about our situation, though. After all, this isn't Neverland or something. This is the real world, and if we aren't careful, we're really going to get in the hole.
0: I mean, how bad can the hole be when, at least in the hole, you don't
2: have to split the special and drink water with... Fruit in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, believe me, Bernard. I've waited on so many couples who wish they would have laid a better foundation for their marriage. And if I could get them all in this cafe right now, you know know what they would say? Yeah, what's that? Wake up! You know, come to to the grips with the fact that you are broke, really have no idea yet about marriage, are already on a fast track to financial bondage, and are right now laying the foundation for the rest of your married life. Not only will you, Bernard, have to suffer the consequences of decisions made now... But your wife will have to suffer, and your children, and your children's children. Basically, Bernie, my boy, if you mess it up now, you'll be paying with it with the rest of your life.
1: You know, Bernard, he might actually be selling something.
0: Okay, well, then how would this Dr. Phil wannabe here suggest that I go about
2: laying this foundation? Walk carefully. Make good preparation for the rest of your life but not being so short-sighted. You've only been married for seven weeks, so you've got a ways to go. Say a bit of that passion for a rainy day. Be frugal with your money. Be patient. Find out what love looks like when the cupboards are bare and things aren't picture perfect. Uh, I actually have a poem that kind of wraps this up nice. And it says, fairy tales are nice, my friends, but please take note how they end, where love begins. There's more to marriage than meets the eye. Marriages aren't made in palaces. The secret that set marriages wings in flight is sacrifice. So, learn to enjoy the simplicity and revel in reality. Welcome to reality.
0: You know, hon, we could actually go home and bust out those uh, frozen burritos that your mother gave us.
1: Yeah, I really don't care what we eat, as long as we get to do it together.
0: All right, let's go bust out some burritos and start this thing off right.
1: Yeah, and you know it could be a lot worse. We could be living on frozen burritos. Well, that would really
0: (laughs) hurt our feet.
3: Yeah, we don't remember that at all, do we? That that stage of sheer bliss. Um, what I find funny is that the uh, the waiter is actually getting married in December, and his fiancée's back there. They're sitting in here with us. and Yeah, so Jen and I are having the privilege of getting to walk through this with them, and it's neat just to see their lovey-dovey and all their... And we're just like, oh, I remember that day. Um, and then you go, yeah, and then the wedding came, and then the marriage started, you know, and that was... Wow, that was lots of fun. And then then came the wonderful conflict of of life. Um, And so let's continue meeting this cute little couple that we saw in their wedding day.
4: Oh, so our first picture, continuing on our journey, is our one-year anniversary, so...
3: I was half the man I am today, baby.
4: <laughs> um, how many of you guys know that there wasn't a lot of conflict until after the wedding? I mean, we just didn't fight very much until... Oh, no, no. I had never lived with anyone before. Yeah, Yeah, it was was a whole thing. Uh It was a whole thing.
3: Jen squeezes the toothpaste in the middle. I'm like, seriously, baby, you got to squeeze it from the bottom so it all comes out together. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah, She takes the toilet paper and sets it up on the counter. Sometimes. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So this is us on our first anniversary. We actually celebrated that one on our first anniversary, which Mm -hmm. was fantastic. Uh, The next one is, yeah, we... um,
4: We were celebrating our 10th anniversary in our 11th year. How many of you know sometimes you just can't make it happen? So we were on a cruise. I think that was the first time we ever... Went yes, on a cruise, on a cruise. Yep. and the funny thing you can't see here is Ryan forgot to bring dress shoes, so he's actually wearing his tennis shoes with his suit. With a nice <laughs> suit
3: and a tie, like, you know, it's a, it's a nice night, you know, where it's the captain's dinner, and so you're supposed to dress up, and I'm like. Yeah, I remember, Whoa? like, are you
4: serious right yeah. now? You mm-hmm. had no, why, why didn't you bring, <laughs> happy
3: 10th anniversary in our 11th year, babe.
4: Yep, Yeah. <laughs> bring the right shoes, so here yep. we go.
3: So we've decided that that talking is good, and it's necessary in relationships. Um, It's important to realize, though, that we will have conflict when we're in marriage. Why? Because no two people are alike. Um, No two people are alike. Um, And if you experience conflict, here's the good news. You ready? You're alive and well, because conflict is going to happen.
4: Actually, if you're not experiencing conflict, that's not such a good thing. It means that someone's not talking, someone's not engaged, maybe someone's given up at that point. So, a healthy amount of conflict is actually normal and right.
3: Sometimes conflict is created by our words. And so, we want to show you guys a little video from a friend of ours, Tim Hawkins.
5: choreography myself. Hey, honey, have you gained some weight in your rear end? The dress you wear reminds me of my old girlfriend. And where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty lame. Won't you stop talking? Cause I'm trying to watch the game. If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are the things you don't say to your wife. I planned a hunting trip next week on your birthday I didn't ask you but I knew it'd be okay I'll Go make some dinner while I watch this fishing show I taped it over our old wedding video If you're a man who've done that A long and happy life There's all the things will to you Solo Okay Your cooking is okay, but not like mother makes The diamond in the ring I bought you is a fake Your eyes look puffy, dear Are you feeling ill? Happy anniversary, I bought you a treadmill <laughs> You're a man who wants to live A long and happy long that too. These are the things you don't say to you You're a man who doesn't want to get killed with a knife These are the things you don't say to wife.
3: It's good to laugh together sometimes. I'll never forget as a, as a boy, we were on vacation and my mom, we were wearing blue, blue jeans or something and she comes out of the bedroom and my dad goes, Sweetheart, I really like those jeans. They accent your full figure. Yeah, that caused some conflict. Um, I've learned from watching other people's mistakes some things not to say, um, but conflict is an interesting thing. What is conflict? Um, it's always important to make sure that we're talking about the right thing, that all of us are in agreement in what exactly it is we're talking about. So what is conflict? It is a serious disagreement or an argument. Conflict. It is a condition in which a person experiences a clash of opposing wishes or needs. Um, Sometimes it creates conflict. Um, An inability between two or more opinions, principles, or interests. Um, Anytime you get two people together, it doesn't matter if you're husband and wife or if you're best friends, there will be conflict because there is always going to be two sets of opinions. Two sets of wants, two sets of desires. Jesse and Sarah did a great job talking about the expectations versus reality. That creates conflict sometimes. Um, So we thought it'd be funny to kind of talk about some of the things that we fight about at times, um, such as how to fold my t-shirts.
4: How to load the dishwasher.
3: There is a right way, babe. It's Mm. like Tetris. You got to get them in there, right?
4: Do you want the dishes clean?
3: Just like I want my t shirts folded. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, throwing away leftovers. She tried to kill me in our first year of marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yogurt. She opened it up, saw that it was past the date, put it back in said fridge. I later came behind her and went, oh, yogurt. Ate it, threw up for three hours.
4: He cuts the mold off the cheese. I mean, I don't know what he wants to do with the yogurt.
3: Wisconsiners, question. Do you just cut the mold off the cheese and keep going, or do you throw the whole block away? Cut it off. Exactly right, because it's still good on the inside. Thank you. That's so gross. No, no, no.
4: Slurping the milk and chewing while eating cereal. Can't do it.
3: What's the matter with that? (laughs) Oh, How many times a day you lose your phone? It's a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Thankful we have that find my iPhone thing. That's what
4: it's there for. Yeah. Clothes being left on the floor. Hmm. Hmm.
3: They're at least left. Um, There's a
4: dirty clothes bin. Yeah. That's it, why it's...
3: Yeah, We're learning that a lot living in a trailer. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Things that we bought. I love it when Amazon packages show up. And she's like, huh, I don't remember this. I'm like... You bought it. You're the only one on Amazon. My favorite is... It's
4: Christmas every week. Yeah, every
3: week. I'm just so (laughs) She opens it up and goes, oh, gosh, this is awesome.
4: Living on the road is no longer Amazon Prime. It's more like Prime plus two weeks as it tries to catch up with us at the churches. So things we didn't buy.
3: Yeah, not many things, huh? (laughs) House projects we decided to do.
4: House projects we never finished.
3: It's okay that the molding in our bedroom never got finished painting. The or that the house. Christmas
4: lights were still up in April.
3: Listen, it saved time
4: <laughs> later on.
3: It was fantastic. I bought. there was a white gutter, so I made sure that uh, they were the white uh-huh. strand of lights, uh, so they blended uh. in better. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, how we drive.
4: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about that. Okay. How we parent. Y-
3: yes. How we spend our time.
4: Who gets mad first. You.
3: Um, And who said sorry first. Usually
4: you. That's right. I love you, babe.
3: Listen, there are things that we all fight about. These are some of the, the basics. We'll typically fight about our free time. How do we spend it? Typically, we'll fight about money or finances. We'll fight about housework. Who does what and who does when and how much somebody does and how much somebody doesn't do. Uh, physical intimacy can sometimes create conflict within a marriage um, or extended family. This is a fun one that Jen and I decided early on in our marriage that uh, anything to do with her side of the family, she would deal with. And anything on my side of the family, I would deal with. Because she could talk about her family. And then I would chime in and be like, yes, I agree with that. And she'd look at me and go, ah, oh, that's my family. you don't, And she'd get mad at me. And I was like, wait a minute. I was just don't agreeing. talk about my mama. Yeah, I was like, I was just agreeing with you on these, baby. Um, but these are some common things that we fight about. Um,
4: well, and I just wanted to say, it's important to think, um, think about why we get into conflict it's always for selfish reasons we want our way we want to be in control I mean we're selfish my Micah and Ezekiel like they were born selfish it's hard to it's hard for me to admit that because they're really perfect but we all have that sinful nature of I want it my way I want everyone to pay attention to me I want all the things um, it's Conflict can be good, though, and the way we approach it and how we use it is um, really important. So, why is conflict good, and how we do it is is important because we need to do it in a way that honors the other person, and most importantly, how it, when it honors God.
3: Exactly right. If I, can so get it out. I think it's interesting that when we fight, when we have conflict, to remember what the goal of conflict is. The goal is not to be right or to prove the other person wrong, the goal of conflict should always be making God look good. Wait a minute, how can, how can being in conflict make God look good? Uh, it makes God look good with how we handle the conflict. How do we deal with the other person that's in there? Um, it's important that all of life is about making God look good. Every single bit of it. First Corinthians 10 31 says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, Would conflict be involved in that? Absolutely. Would the way we communicate and talk? Absolutely. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything we do as believers should be pointing people back to God. And so we get this beautiful picture of when even in conflict, we get to point people back to God because the second goal of conflict is unity. It's about coming together and being unified in our conflict. We, we looked at this verse on Thursday night, John 17, 21. I pray that they will be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will know, will, the world will believe that you sent me. In our conflict, unity is the point. It's always about letting people know that God is truly who he says he is. And he gets the glory in that. John 17, 23 goes on to say this, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Perfect unity happens sometimes through conflict. It comes through the resolution and the resolving of that conflict. Conflict will always come up, always in a marriage or in any kind of relationship. Uh, I love Mark 10, 7 and 9. What a great picture of marriage. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So here's the thing. Conflict can either drive us apart or conflict can bring us together. We've got to do our best to, to work at resolving the conflict, to work at keeping the peace. We looked at Ephesians 4.3 this week. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. It takes work. It takes engaging into it sometimes. I am one who does not like conflict, and we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in this thing, but I, I don't like conflict. I typically will avoid the conflict, and that's not good either. Avoiding conflict does not mean there is no conflict. It just means I'm avoiding the conflict. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to, to do the hard work. I don't want to make every effort to keep the peace and to be united. So Jen and I came across this, um, this wonderful example of what a relationship with God should look like and what a relationship with, with you know, your husband or your wife. Um, you could put this in there, husband, wife. You could put your best friend. Any relationship should look like this. Um, but we, we love to look at it like this and we talk with our, our team members about this. It's, you've got your husband and wife at the bottom and you've got God at the top. There's three people in a relationship. I love talking with, with y'all. 63 years of marriage. Praise God for that. I said, hey, I'm going on 24. What's the secret to 63 years? You know what she said? God. Only God. Because without him, we would not still be together. Man, that's, that's the perfect picture of what the relationship should look like. It's, it is a trinity in our relationship. It's Jen, it's myself, and it's God. And we've got to continue to figure out where is our focus in this? Uh, in conflict, where is my focus? Is my focus here or is my focus still on God? Um, and so that's, that's the cool part about this, is this could be any kind of relationship that we have, but how do we handle conflict? How do we glorify God? How do we we make Him smile and make Him proud in the midst of our conflict? And how do we pursue unity? Um, and so let's let's look at a couple steps.
4: Yeah, first um, maybe could go without saying, but we are definitely going to say it. Number one, seek God's help. Realizing that we can't handle everything that comes our way, uh, we're not equipped, and we don't have the wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. You know, as um, Christ followers, we um, sometimes get stuck, and we realize that we need God to help us, and he is so gracious to help us. He's never going to say, no, nope, figure it out, I'm going to let you sink or swim, Part of asking for help could be that you need to seek professional counseling. And we always like to say this. There's no shame in seeking an outside helper. Um, it's important that that helper or counselor has a Christian point of view, that they are going to be um, pushing you to seek the Father. And so it's really important that you keep that in mind. We all have issues. I remember when Ryan and I were in counseling first for premarital, you know, and he was like, I had a typical childhood. And I was like, Excuse me. What is a typical childhood? Hello. I mean, so we just dealing with your issues, not glazing My issues over. Issues
3: have issues. That's <laughs> what I found. Found out. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and we and we found that we had some wrong beliefs and some some out of balance expectations. It's really important um, to get to the root of that. So ask God; He's willing to help us.
3: Yeah, it's important, I think, to to seek God's help. And like Jen said, that counseling is great, but today's psychology, if you just go to a normal counselor, man, they're, they're missing, I think, the key element, and that is the relationship with God. Find someone who's a Christian counselor. If you're like, who, who do I talk to? Grab Chad, grab Zach, guarantee they know somebody. If they're not, if, they're, if it's above them, they will always refer, as Chad said, we'll refer you to somebody. Um, listen, I I'm always looking for that network, um, and it doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean that you're messed up. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. The second thing is this. Don't ignore. Don't ignore the issue. Don't ignore um, the feelings. Don't ignore the conflict. Um, uh, growing up in my family, the way that my family handled conflict with my mom and dad is we never solved them as kids in conflict. I would always wake up in the middle of the night and hear my parents in conflict. Um, I would wake up and hear my dad yelling and my mom crying. And the thoughts that would roll through my head as a little kid is, my parents are going to get a divorce. Because that's when the divorce rate was starting to skyrocket, you know, in the early 80s. Um, And and, and the other part of that is, is, I'm the reason my parents got married. My parents were seniors in high school, and they got pregnant with me. And so Satan would use that at that time in my life to be like, you're the reason your parents are fighting. They should have never gotten together in the first place. It's all because of you and you're a mess up and you weren't un, you're not wanted and all of these things Satan would play in my head, but I would never see my parents in the middle of things. Like You could feel the tension. You could feel the walking on the eggshells when dad would come home, but you never knew what was going on or even how it was resolved because the next morning you'd wake up and everybody's fine and everybody's great. Um, And so what that caused me to do when we were in conflict is I would tend to avoid it. I would tend to just walk away. Um, Or I would get angry about things and I would explode, um, which is not good because typically I would explode. Why? After I'd stuffed things down so long, then things would just kind of come out and I would explode all over Jen. And I would say those death words. I would use those words to hurt her, to harm her, to do what? Win. The battle. And guess what? It's not about winning. It's about unity. It's about making God look good. Look at Ephesians 4, 25 through 27. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor or to your friend or to your spouse or to your co-worker. For we are all members of one body. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian We are all members of one body. We're all together in this thing. So look at what it says. In your anger, do not sin. It doesn't say don't be angry. It says in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And that doesn't mean take care of it before nightfall. I think sometimes what I've had to do is we would get into a conflict and I would feel that anger coming up and I would know that, man, I had said words in the past that would crush her or I would think about my dad and the way he handled the conflict in the evenings and I'd be like, mm, I just don't want to do that to her. So what what would I do? I'd walk out of the room. How'd that make you feel?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't used to that. Sometimes I would like try to follow him. Like, hey, where are you going? Come back here. Fight like a man, you know, like, hey. But um, that only made it worse. And so we had to talk about that Like, he was trying to be self-controlled by walking away. But if you don't tell the person that's why you're walking away, it can make you feel rejected. It can make you feel abandoned. It can make you feel um, not important, you know, just kind of minimalized. Well, how did
3: it make the girls feel when they knew we were in conflict? Because we did our best to, to handle things in front of them so they could see how we handled it but also how we resolved it.
4: Yeah, and the girls would sometimes come to me feeling like maybe they needed to comfort me, or they would be like, where did he go? Is he coming back? And, you know, in my my insides, I'm like, well, I don't know if he's coming back. Of course he's coming back. He always comes back. You know, but having that like, ooh. So we found that we, if he feels like he needs to step away, so as not to say things he regrets, we have to decide mutually like, hey, let's table this for a little bit. I need a second. But we, we are going to talk about this. We are going to resolve it. Um, when I get back, let's talk. Or tomorrow morning, let's go to breakfast and let's talk about this. So, so is that everyone understands actually what's yep. happening. So your mind doesn't keep going like, what happened? What, you know, this is right. never going to. And we did really try hard to make sure if the girls weren't in there when we resolved it. Because, I mean, obviously there's things they don't need to hear and need to think about and be worried about. But if they didn't see us actually hug and make up, like we made sure the next morning we'd be like, hey, you know. Sometimes we
3: didn't want them to see us hug and make up.
4: No, no. No.
3: Yeah, no. Mommy, daddy time. So,
4: yeah. we did. I know that's like,
3: some of you are like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. (laughs) Sorry.
4: We did really make um, an -hmm. intentional effort to let the girls know that we love each other. We always love each other. It's okay for mommy and daddy to disagree Mm -hmm. or even say mommy had to apologize. She did something that wasn't nice. Daddy said he was sorry. I forgave. Like to really just have a brief conversation with the girls to make sure they knew we did work it out, that it's not, it wasn't just glossed over and we didn't, we tried very hard not to act like nothing happened. We're all good because I think that creates some anxiety.
3: And I think for me, it was good to communicate with Jen to say, hey, I'm getting heated, like my emotions because, and I just want to lash out, I need a second. Um, I need to let those emotions come down because I know that when I speak out of my emotions, I will always speak death words. Um, And I think that's important that when you're in conflict, you always make sure that you're in control of your emotions because we'll always say things and then guess what? That then allows the person who you're in conflict conflict with to begin to justify their behavior because you lost your cool. They're like, oh, well then I'm okay because mommy and daddy lost their cool or whatever. Um, But it's, if if we ignore things, this is what will happen if we ignore. This is probably one of my favorite cars, Porsche 911. Love it. Um, Like if I could get one of these, it'd be fantastic. But I think pulling the RV with it might not be very practical. Um, Fifth wheel hitch, I think it could work. Great couple car. Like, you know, but Jen's like, it's got to have room for Micah and Zeke in it. And I'm like, yeah, one of them can sit in the front seat with me um, when we get to drive it around. Like, this would be my dream car if I had one. But imagine if one day I walked out and I saw this on the car. You guys know what this is, right? You're from up north. In Florida, we don't have a whole lot of this stuff. Like, our cars will last for a while. But, you know, if I saw this little thing starting to bubble up and I just went, ah, it'll be okay, and just, you know, kept washing the vehicle to keep the dirt off of it and just kept ignoring the issue, it wouldn't be long and my beautiful car would look like this. Yeah, then nobody's fitting in and it. it's not going anywhere. And guess what? That's sometimes a picture of our relationships when we're in conflict. If we continue to ignore and ignore and ignore, eventually it will break down and things won't go good at all and it won't help us in any way. And again, it won't make God look good and it won't bring unity in the relationship. So the the third thing, the third how, would be um, something that's really important for Jen and I that I think we've had to figure out and that is remember who the enemy is.
4: Yeah, this is a big one. And I think this, when the emotions get in their proper place, this is probably the biggest thing that helps us, is we remember who the enemy is. And who the enemy is, is a real enemy of our souls. Like, it's being um, married is all about, um, still has everything to do with our relationship with God. We don't have a together relationship with God. We have a separate relationship with God that we bring into the marriage. And together, we can seek God in his direction, but My relationship with the Lord needs to continue. His relationship with the Lord needs to continue. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 99.6% of all the things that we get in conflict about seem to be a major distraction and, and something that the enemy just wants to derail it. Have you ever noticed when things are going well in ministry or in life or you really are getting some momentum, you've maybe had a victory, in spiritual victory or a family victory? It seems like right around the corner, the enemy is just waiting to derail. And so when we stop, and sometimes it hits us like, mm-hmm. duh, what are we doing? This is so sometimes crazy. Sometimes in the
3: middle of a conflict when you go, what are we even fighting about? Yeah. Like, how did this start? Have you ever had that thought when you're in the middle of something and then all of a sudden you go, wait, where did this come from?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Remember that your spouse or your friend or the person you're in contact with, the flesh and blood is not the enemy. Um, the enemy is Satan and his job. What he loves to do.
4: John ten. 10, we didn't put on the slides, but the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy but I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So always keep in mind, like, is this just the enemy trying to derail us? You know, stealing our joy from the victory we just had, um, making, telling us lies about things that aren't true, uh, feeding our insecurities so that we're more needy and we, you know, on and on and on and on. Just recognize that I love this person, this person loves me, bottom line, no matter what's going on. Mm -hmm. And there's a real possibility that the enemy is just trying to get in between you. He doesn't want us to be unified. He doesn't want us to be one because then we bring glory to God and we are magnets for God. We are pointing people. People are saying, wow, what's their secret? And we get to say, it's God, it's not us. And so if we lose that right, by always being in conflict, always being negative, talking poorly about our spouses, then we're losing the right to be a great witness. And so that's one of my favorite things. And many, many times right in the middle, we've been like, what's going on? This is so yep. silly.
3: And, and it helps us to remember that, um, Jen, it, I have to learn to believe the best in her, that when she brings something, I've got to receive that from the mindset of, she, I believe the best in you and she wants the best for me. She's wanting to be there to help me grow and become better as opposed to she's just trying to tear me down and build herself up. Sometimes that happens. And so we've got to learn to change our focus. Begin to change our focus from the fight going this way. to we've got to then begin to fight on our knees because remember the enemy is attacking us. And God has given us some great spiritual weapons, and that is the truth of his word that he talks about in Ephesians 6. Great passage to think about. But man, could you imagine guarding your your life that way, guarding your marriage that way? God, would you help us to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith? God, would you help us to do these things? Change our focus from the fight this way to the fact of, man, I I want to be loving. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. And think about the last conflict you've had with somebody. Were you being patient with them? Were you being kind? Was there some jealousy or some envy there? Were you boasting about your own self or building your own self up? Uh, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's always seeking to honor people. It's not self-seeking. This, it's not easily angered. And this is one that I love. It, does, it keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't go back into the conflict and be like, well, last time, or bring up all of these other things, the focus at that point is still what? On, man, I, I'm proving that I'm right And I want to get you and prove that you're wrong. Listen, it's not about that. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 gives us a great passage on the life that we live. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, people are watching you and I. And in today's world, man, that's kind of scary. People are always filming something. People are always catching something. People are always hearing things. It could be all over social media in a heartbeat. I mean, like, we are so connected around the world. People are always watching. Therefore, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's where our focus has got to be. Every single relationship, our focus must be on God. So let's go back to this triangle principle idea that we have. If I am focusing on Jen and she's focusing on me, the distance between us is great. If I'm focusing here and she's there and God's out there, the distance between us is great. And as long as I'm focusing here, guess what? Nothing is happening to change this distance. But if I'll focus on God and begin looking at Him, and if I'm encouraging her to focus in on God, and if she's focusing on God and she's encouraging me, look what happens to the distance. I was a geometry teacher, I love this. Look what happens to the distance between the two points. Till finally we become one in Christ. And isn't that the goal? Of our marriages? Isn't that the goal of our relationships is to be one so that the world will know Christ? And so I've got to get my eyes off of this way, and I've got to start looking at God saying, God, I need you in this situation. I need you to help me even in this conflict. God, everything is raging up in me to prove that I'm right and she's wrong, or I'm right and they're wrong, or I'm more right than they are. God, I need you to come in and speak. I need you to help me. I want to change my focus from focusing this way to focusing this way.
4: I was just literally sitting here thinking of that song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. What does it say? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Then the things of earth
3: will grow strangely dim dim in In the
4: the light light of of his His glory and and grace. So it gives us the perspective that we need. Um, it can help things fall away that aren't important. And we don't mean to minimize conflict. We're we're not. Some things are worth fighting through and and pushing through. Um, But in the light of our mission in in the Lord and all that he is for us, things really can fall away.
3: Sometimes when we view conflict, we think conflict is bad. And, And I think even sometimes in the church, we will say conflict is bad, you must keep the peace. Uh, because we, we view conflict like one of my favorite shows, Forged in Fire. Like, great show, right? I mean, these guys are like heating up metal, they're men's men, they're beating it out. And this is what you see there's, there's flecks of steel, you know, it's, it's chaotic, there's sparks, there's stuff. Guess what? That's conflict. But what's happening in that moment is that they're heating this metal up. It, it's creating some some heat. And then they're coming in and they're, they're forging it. They're beating it. They're molding it. They're making it into something that is useful. And then they start sharpening this thing. And then it starts getting crazy uh, and, and useful in what it's doing. Um, and then there's just always this guy on there who gets to test it, you know. And he's like, it will cut. And you're like, yes, you know. It will, it will stab. And you're like, yeah. Um, because isn't that what every guy wants to do? Like, yeah, it will, well, I was trying to leave that it will kill one out. Um, just trying not to go there, babe. That's for, that's, what, that's true. Knives are for cutting and slicing and stabbing and killing. I don't, but I don't quite that see how that we, works in the marriage thing, babe. Because
4: <laughs> we, when we can conflict healthily, we make each other more, more productive and more purposeful for what God created us to do. If a knife was created to kill... Marriages were created to be one to yep. bring glory to God. And so if we can help each other through healthy conflict, mm-hmm. be the better version of ourselves and Absolutely. who God created us to be, we're more productive.
3: Proverbs 27:17 is iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I will always remember that man, she's trying to sharpen me and I'm trying to sharpen her and I keep saying, "God, would you Do what only you can do. Would you forge me and make me into the man, into the husband, into the father, into the friend, into the pastor? You want me to be. God, would you just keep putting me in the fire? Would you keep pounding on me? And would you use others? Because the master uses tools. God's the master. We're not the master. He's the master. And he uses other people in our lives to pound on us and beat us and to mold us and to make us and to even sharpen us to be used for the purpose that he's called us to be used for. A couple of life and action questions.
4: What one thing do I need to change when in conflict? Whether it's seeking God's help, not ignoring the issues, um, remembering who the enemy is, write down what God is speaking to you about how you may need to change, how you fight fair. And secondly, in resolving conflict, where is your focus? Is your focus on yourself? Is your focus on your partner or the person you're fighting with? Or is your focus on God? We'll give you.
3: Remember that the goal is always what? To make God look good, to bring glory to the Father, even in our conflict. Um, And I think this is important, not just in marriage, but in every relationship. These are great tools and great principles. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this time um, to laugh and to hang out and to be together. Lord, would you be with us as we continue? Lord, help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Um, And Lord, we just wanna tell you that we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen.